Hello and welcome to the Guildhall School Events Podcast. Today we're joined by director Rachel Grunwald, who's working on the British premiere of Marathon 33 by June Havoc, and will be performed by Guildhall final year actors, opening in the Silk Street Theatre on Friday the 29th of November. We're also joined by actors Simon Haynes, Joey Phillips and Emily Lang. Welcome everybody. I wonder whether you could tell us a little bit about Marathon 33. Um, What's the play about? Uh, well, it's uh, semi-autobiographical. Um, in fact, one of the things that we've been finding really interesting is the points where it varies from actually what really happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's essentially the story of one girl's journey through a dance marathon in the 1930s, um, the height of the Depression. And uh, that girl is was June Havoc, uh, who went on to become Hollywood star, um, but she was coming from vaudeville, but Emily is probably the person to <laughs> tell you about June. Um, June was a huge star um, in her childhood, and she was sort of branded as Baby June, who and she and she danced. Um, she did she did what she called toe dancing, which is essentially dancing on point, and she was the youngest child to do it, and so she was this massive, massive star and travelled around um, America performing with her older sister and her mother and then kind of got to the age of 14 and suddenly wasn't cute anymore wasn't a baby and so wasn't wanted vaudeville performers weren't wanted anymore so she was sort of left at a loose end with no schooling nothing and has nothing anymore so all she can do is go and perform in the rest periods at this dance marathon um, which is sort of the lowest, the lowest form of entertainment there is about at the moment, and she ends up joining this dance marathon, which wasn't her first intention. Hugely popular as well, yeah. these marathons. Yeah. Hugely popular. Yeah. I mean, hundreds of thousands on the gate, making big money, and um, and so racketeers and mafia got involved to take a cut from it. But um, I can't, I'm not sure I can remember the actual numbers, but something about the. The bleachers, which are the the seats, which actually in our production the audience will be sitting in, as if they were at an actual dance marathon. Sometimes two thousand five hundred people or or more. Yeah, mm. and a lot of the contestants saw this as the only way to make money or to survive, because in these dance marathons they got fed twelve times every twenty four hours, mm. and they they had rest periods. So every hour they have a 15 minute break, two minutes to leave the dance floor, 11 minutes to do whatever you want, either wash or um, rest, sleep, yeah, and then you have two minutes to get back on the floor. Um, And so this is like a roof over their head, there's food, and they can make money from floor money. Um, There's uh, people throw throw coins at them, they're called silver showers, um, if they do a performance or an act, um, um, and people throw money and and that's theirs Mm -hmm. to keep. and so, yeah, a, a lot of it was just about survival, really, mm. in such an awful time. And the idea is that the winner is the... Uh, is this right, that the, the winner is the, is the couple that remain on the dance floor for the yeah. longest yes. time? It's essentially, the dance marathons were uh, reality entertainments uh, crossed with grueling endurance shows. So promoters would hire massive arenas and get uh, contestants, maybe 30 couples, maybe 200 couples, to join up and then compete to last the longest in perpetual motion, apart from 15 minute rest breaks, and then invite paying audiences to come and watch all through the day and night. And they would lay on additional 
entertainment like vaudeville stars in the rest periods which is where June Havoc comes in and when their audience started getting restless because it was much as much an endurance contest for the audiences as it was for the contestants they would start doing elimination events like racing the contestants in sprints or eliminating their rest periods for however long it took for one couple to actually collapse. So, so what, what was the longest um, dance marathon that, that, that took place? No, I think we our one goes on for four thousand hours. I think yeah, it's our one goes 4, on for four, about four or five months. Yeah, yeah. and I think uh, five or six or seven months yeah. was not unheard yeah. of. Yeah. Couples learn to sleep whilst moving, so the rest you could get in the eleven minutes of your fifteen-minute rest period, which you actually had to use, uh, allowing time to get onto the floor and back, wasn't enough to sustain them. So over a 24-hour period, the couples would work out a routine whereby one would hold up the other while the other one slept, whilst perpetually moving their feet. And it took, was it 500? Yeah, 500, hours 500 hours you're able to sleepwalk after Whilst you can walk on your yeah. feet. Yeah. Yeah. And if you couldn't fall into that kind of rhythm with your partner, if you didn't trust your partner, or if your physical matchup was all wrong, then you didn't have a hope. Yeah. Oh, this sounds utterly mad. Um, um, so it's it was written back in the 1960s, is that right? Yes. Um, but it's it's only now having its British premiere. So um, exactly wh- 50 wh- why years is, old. Why yes. is that this December? Um, it's because, as you say, it's utterly mad. <laughs> uh, it's a play for uh, dozens of actors. There are 26 in the whole of the third year in Guildhall. 26 in our cast. And that's still not enough. Mm. Um, may have been double that number in the original production, which was done at the Actors Studio in New York under the supervision of Lee Strasberg. So partly it's commercial pressure that very few people would take on a cast of 30 or 40 people. Partly it's because you require a live jazz band, which also bumps up the numbers. And partly it's because it wasn't published in any mainstream way. It's not in an anthology. It hasn't even been edited to be really palatable to read. So I found it because I was fascinated by dance marathons and found that there was a play that I'd never heard about. There's a there's the film they shoot horses, don't they? Is based on a novel, and there is a stage play based on that, which people have heard of, but nobody had really heard of Marathon Thirty Three. It's published in a slim little beige volume, which is almost impossible to read. Mm. <laughs> it's full of stage directions about the first production. It's full of fascinating but sort of irrelevant character information, such as the flamehead, seductress, or the long, long thoughts. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it wouldn't immediately make you jump to put it on. So, so how did you even find it to, to, to know about it, to, to put it on? Uh, I was interested in the subject, be- because it's, it's compelling and especially thinking about reality TV nowadays and Big Brother and elimination contests, um, it just struck me as, well I suppose it struck me as really gruesome, I, I couldn't believe that it existed mm. so I hunted down the play on Abe Books or one of, the other, one of the other rare sites and then that was years ago and I just knew I wanted to do it and then I got a call from Guildhall a couple of years ago after I directed a musical which went quite well somebody had recommended me to direct for them. I wasn't available at the time, but earlier this year I got back in touch and said, well, what about this one? And they said, okay, we think you're mad. Uh, We wouldn't have the, they used the word balls, they said we wouldn't have the balls to do it, but if you do, go ahead. At which point I thought, well, you've sort of got to have the balls to do it too, because it's a massive uh, operation for the whole school. 
Yeah. Fantastic. Um, and you say for the whole school, um, so does that mean that there are Guildhall musicians yes. uh, playing in this? Yeah, we're lucky that we're in a school which has a jazz course, yeah. <laughs> some <laughs> brilliant people on the jazz course, so we will be using some of the musicians from the jazz course as our live band. Our musical director is a recent Guildhall graduate, and uh, yeah, the chief challenge I think is trying to work around the jazz musicians' availability. <laughs> because they don't have a schedule that fits in with ours but everybody is trying to make that work Okay, um, Simon, Jerry, Emily what's it been like working with, with Rachel? What can you tell us about that? It's really interesting I'm, I'm just so grateful for Rachel to, for bringing this, this play to us because it's such an interesting subject and I'd never even really heard of them and never really even heard of They Shoot Horses Don't They? Um, and for the first time reading the play I didn't realise it was a it was a it was based on a true story um and so to have the opportunity to do this in our third year because i don't think if it hadn't been for rachel and it hadn't been for guildhall we i don't think we'd ever have the opportunity to work on a show like this mm-hmm. because like like everyone was saying it was it's just it's it's mad um so for us to have this opportunity is really great just to get into this sort of world and to show people that this world existed and people thought it was normal and that was totally their day-to-day life and their way of survival um, does, does she work you hard? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think with Rachel, what's great is that Rachel has a very um, sort of clear mind, which is mm. great for us because you read it and the stage direction is a page and a half long, and in the middle of it, it will say something like "they fight," <laughs> which is which is obviously a huge, huge thing, and we can completely skip over that and sort of run through this crazy world. And Rachel, thank God, has come in and had has a clear direction and Such really a... helped us find out what this is about mm. and. Um, sort of mark a journey, a very clear journey for the characters, mm. um, which I don't think we would have been able to do otherwise. No. It's so much. Such a chaotic piece yeah. that right from the very first moment that we met Rachel and the work started, her clarity yeah. and organisation, which I see as one of the highest uh, <laughs> achievements of humankind, to be honest, yeah. I felt safe immediately. And I have felt more relaxed than I've ever felt working on any process, mm. which is a sort of paradox because this <laughs> should be stressful and it should be a nightmare because I mean the play is a sort of Alice in Wonderland, huge, vast thing. But uh, Rachel's just been so clear and organised mm. and uh, and calm about the whole thing that it's. Um, I mean, for instance, we we did um, an improvised marathon ourselves uh, a couple of weeks back. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think they were dancing for about 12 hours straight. Um, that, I, I, I'm playing management and I actually found it, I think, more gruelling than them. But I mean, maybe they would argue with that. But, um, <laughs> but there's been space for that within a show, actually, which is so technically complex that so much time needs to be spent just blocking the thing so that people can see, people can hear. The story's clearly told, but because of Rachel's brilliant uh, masterminding yeah. this thing, we've had the space to do things which I hadn't imagined would be possible in a process so technically demanding. You mentioned technically demanding. Mm. Um, I was was going to ask you actually um, what the sort of challenges you were facing from a a technical point of view, what they were. Uh, Maybe Rachel, you could could answer that. (laughs) 
Yeah, um, we haven't, I haven't made it easy for us because the play when it was originally staged was end on, meaning a cinema style configuration with a stage at one end of the theatre and the audience all looking in the same direction. I thought it would be brilliant to stage it as a real marathon. So we have a dance floor in the middle, an audience on all four sides, which uh, in one sense is a brilliant idea because you can immerse the Guildhall 2013 audience amongst the uh, audience from the play because there is an audience journey and there are audience characters written into the play. And I wanted the modern audience to feel very much like they were a part of watching the reality of this marathon. In practice, that means that you have Emily and Joey, our lead characters, uh, having to have conversations which are the backbone of the psychological plot, surrounded by 14 other couples dancing, whilst uh, music plays or whilst a live band plays, in a massive space where their voices have to travel in all four directions. Even learning how to navigate that for rehearsal purposes, normally you would communicate with each other and with the stage management team by saying now we are stage left or stage right. We have no left and right, so we're using north, south, east and west. So you have to start all over again. Uh, and so trying to work out the staging of those group scenes where everybody on four sides has to have a clear view of someone who would be surrounded by bodies has taken up a huge amount of our time. And actually it's testament to the ensemble spirit of the students here that when I've been working with the dancers on stage and facing what at the beginning felt like an impenetrable jungle of bodies, other people who are performing in that scene have been sitting all the way around the rehearsal room and saying, uh, I couldn't see at that point, but if people do this, it, it might make it easier. And how about we try this or that? So actually we've been using all the brains in the room in a very collaborative way to make that work. But that is tough, and the fact that people are speaking and dancing steps that they don't know to begin with. The actors here are not as au fait with 1930s dance steps as the characters are. And you need time to learn the dance steps. You need time to learn the conventions that we're going to use for the performance of those dance steps, whether that's slow motion to throw focus to our lead couple. You need time to work out how long the music tracks are to convey to the composer who will arrange it. So, I'd say that's pretty challenging. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like a, a fabulous production. Um, what, what's your, um, what's the most exciting thing for for you actors about about working on this 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 production? Um, well, for me personally, it's um, playing June Havoc herself is really exciting because it's actually bringing someone who actually existed. It's her story and bringing that to life. And finding out about her, she wrote a book called Early Havoc, which is essentially the dance marathon itself. And reading that, it just gave so much colour and information. And this, and she is such a vibrant, ballsy, fiery character. And it's been so fun getting to know her and understand that and finding parallels between myself and June and going, oh, God, yeah, like, thank you for this casting, Guildhall. This is brilliant. Yeah. Um, and sort of, and actually taking on a massive challenge because yeah. it is a huge challenge and it's really exciting it's really exciting to do something so challenging I think for, for me it is just the, the subject matter because it's so interesting and, and, and strange to us now but it's still happening like Rachel was saying with like Big Brother and I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here and X Factor all still have elements of this sort of to watch people in sort of degrading 
circumstances almost, and they're sort of fighting it all out to win to win a prize, and they'll do anything for this prize. And 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 for me, I'm playing Patsy, who to him this is just normal life, and he's done 15 marathons before, and he this is his only way of making money, or this is just his life, this is his family now, and so it's nice to give it his view of the marathon as well, because of an outsider's point of view these days, we think, oh, how horrible, I can't believe that happened. But for him, he's like, well, this is this is my life. How else do you expect me to survive? Because uh, Patsy's the marathon clown. Yeah. So what what is a marathon clown? Uh, well, he in the marathon, it's 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 usually there's some sort of rigging in uh, uh, with like the top sort of three people in the competition, and so I know that I'm never going to win. I'm not presented as a winner. I'm just there to to get the crowd going, do some sort of fall routines because I have two other sort of clowns with me and we do routines and I say jokes for the audience and, and play off the MC and things and it's just to give a good morale and keep people interested in, in the marathon and even though I'll never win, I'm allowed to go quite far and so then I, I make money for myself and I'm quite happy doing that and I, for me that's the way the marathon works. I'm not going to win but I can stay in and I can get my own money and food and and for me, I'm I'm happy doing what I'm doing, so I don't know anything else. That's that's why he picks June to yeah. dance with because she's mm. small and can be carried around the floor yeah. easily, and she's just <laughs> spirited and yeah. might last a while. Yeah, wonderful. Um, and Simon, you're the you're Mr. Dankel, the mm. promoter. So are you the sort of Simon Cowell figure of it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I haven't yet been channeling Simon Cowell's spirit, but maybe it's I not should start. <laughs> It's not too late. No. He is, uh, oh, he's the most wonderful character to play. I'm so lucky. Uh, he's f- this flamboyant showman, impresario. Oh, wonderful. I mean, Al Pacino visited us recently and did a Q&A with us uh, in, I think, May of last year. And uh, there was something of that outrageous spirit that I think that Dankel's got. And it, it feels like a character, I mean, Rachel might disagree, where there's a sort of carte blanche to be absolutely outrageous I mean he he, uh, he used the word sex I think about ten times in the first scene <laughs> and, and as well the objectives I think are so clear for everyone in this play mm. and for me it is just make as much money as possible yeah. and the way to do that is make this show as exciting as possible um, and it's, it's such a treat to play a character so clearly focused on what they're doing but doing it with such style as well mm. it's literally there's a very clear intention for the characters mm. I mean for the dancers yeah. it is literally last as long as you can stay on the floor and for you is make all the money from it I can well that's fantastic thank you ever so much for coming in today yeah, um, Simon, thank Joey you. and Emily who will be acting in Marathon 33 and Rachel will be directing it um, and we're really looking forward to the performance oh, thank you. Thank thanks you. very much Marathon 33 opens in the Silk Street Theatre on Friday the 29th of November and runs until Wednesday the 4th of December. You can pick up your ticket from the Barbican box office in person, over the phone or online.